What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode, I think, eight of Steel and Teal Talk. Nine, no, it's up to nine now. Is it nine? It's up to nine. We're still single digits, but this episode <laughs> of Steel and Teal Talk, as always, my name is Garrett. I'm here with my co-host. Jim from Fan in the Van Podcast. Let's get right into it, man. All, Steel and Teal, down the rabbit hole, off the rails, the mind of the insane. Uh, the inmates are running the sports <laughs> asylum, whatever you want to call it. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, well that's what's going on across all sports so oh i know well i i heard you and a uh, brent show on the i listened to y'all and brent's yankee show today uh brent uh i i appreciate you saying that he's as busy as you are right now but i don't think either one of us are there yet uh with your no. four shows a day <laughs> i can be drinking my Lacroix like the hipster i am <laughs> <laughs> i am not a hipster but I like the croy. It's good. It, <laughs> if fruit breathed into sparkling water, yeah, <laughs> you can't go wrong. No, it, it's water. And if if an orange were next to a glass of sparkling water and went, <laughs> then that's the flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's get <laughs> let's get right into some. That was a weird comment, but we got to talk about. Um, we'll get to preseason in a minute. You sent me something that I thought was absolutely hilarious. Was Big Ben uh, a couple beers in? Like, because Big Ben doesn't give a fuck anymore, and it's nope. great. It's great. He's he's just eating like cannolis and eclairs and drinking beers and stuff like that. Yes, going he over, is. going over. Uh, how much? Uh, oh, what is it? How much child support he owes the Browns organization that month? Um. <laughs> Speaking, speaking of rounds and we'll get into the preseason, Dorian Thompson Robinson looks really good. It is against second and third stringers, but he is cooking yeah. the second and third stringers. So that's why I I, I get excited when people like I, I don't look too much into preseason. Like there was somebody no. I had to I had to bring back down to earth real quick because they're talking now all the quarterbacks have played, all the rookies. And they're like, oh. Malik Willis threw an interception and has a lower completion percentage than Will Levis. You know, looks like Levis is the better quarterback. I'm like, did you watch the same game I did? Because <laughs> yeah, I actually love when they do shit like that. Yeah, like four of the game, four of the passes that Levis threw were screen passes. One of them was an incomplete screen pass because he underthrew it. <laughs> you underthrew a screen pass? How? How? That's it's so easy. It's sideways. It's 10 yards that way. And he underthrew it. And his everyone's like, oh, well, you look at Malik Willis, because Malik Willis threw an interception. And it bounced. Yeah, off. so did a whole bunch of every, every a whole bunch single, of the quarterbacks in preseason. Every single rookie quarterback outside of Bryce Young threw an interception. Yeah. Anthony Richardson did. Um, who, yeah, Anthony Richardson did, Levis did, um, Stroud, Stroud did. did. Uh, the and the two that were the egregious ones, Richardson's wasn't great, it was a forced throw and it was a bad decision that he was he was trying to throw the yeah. ball away, I feel like, but also trying to make something happen. Like, he's just got to get smarter. That one's you know, whatever. Uh, Trey Lance should have had an interception, that was the luckiest touch I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh. Yeah, somebody was looking out for him on that one. The oh, one and sure. only time. 
for sure. I mean, hey, those script writers, man. I mean, <laughs> those script writers. And we'll get into movie talk in a little bit. Um, but those script writers, man, I mean, that was it's just the, the Levis throw and the Malik Willis throw, it it here's the thing. Was it the best ball? No. But what is the rule of all skilled players in the NFL when a ball hits them in the hands? You gotta fucking catch it. Yes. If it hits you, that was my, I played, I, I didn't make a pass. I didn't make it to the collegiate level for football. That was a rule in high school, high school ball. It hits you in the hands. You fucking catch it. Yeah. Like I was a slot receiver. Like that was our thing. If it hits you in the hands, you better fucking catch it because it hit you in. If it was a bad ball or an overthrow type thing and you can only get one hand on it, like that's fine. But like, if it hits you in both of your hands, you catch that ball. So was it the best thrown ball? He got him. No, but it did hit him in the hands. And it was a tip ball, so I, I'll not the best thing for Malik. Levis's interception, uh, I think he almost overthrew the safety on that one. Like it that thing sailed. So it here and here's my thing. With it's too early to tell. All these dudes were just it's their first game at the pro level. Some of them played against backups. Some of them played against starters. Some of them played against both. Week two is where I put the most stock in preseason games because that's when you actually have starters playing. Week one is first couple drives. Um, unless you're playing Madden, then it's the first quarter. Uh, week two is or usually the, the Broncos. Yeah, or the Broncos, which even then Russ did not look. He didn't look great. <laughs> he, he looked like mid. Nope. Nope, he definitely was mid in that game. Dave, I'm telling then, you. And they were all mid. And, and Jerry Judy dropped an easy one, too. Mm-hmm. Dave, I'm telling you, Russ is cooked. We talked about it when you were on the show with me and Jalen for the first time. It was either the first or the second time. I can't remember which. We talked about Sean Payton taking over, and he was like, oh, do you think this is it? And I'm like, no, I, I think he's done. I think Russ isn't salvageable. So I, 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 I don't think Russ is salvageable. Jordan Love didn't look so hot. He looked okay. Um, yeah. Admittedly, I'll be the first. I didn't watch a ton of that game, um, but uh, it. We do. Let's get back to the Big Ben comments before I, I, I go down this rabbit hole. Um, you sent me this, and it was uh, it was him doing this podcast, like eating like pastries and drinking beers, which is a fantastic you know weekend activity. Um, I, I should probably partake in that less. Uh, <laughs> eating desserts and and drinking like ranch waters and beers and shit like that but um they brought up the Jesse James catch that was a touchdown against New England and his reaction was amazing so oh, that, that was it a catch was. He goes who who are we playing New England hmm hmm weird weird that didn't count hmm <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it only took him retiring to finally. Yeah, I, I guess he couldn't say it at the time, but now he's allowed to say it, and I'm sure people are gonna come at him for it. Like, no, it wasn't a catch. It's a fucking catch. He catches it. He fumbled his own mm-hmm. catch. He recovers it in the end zone. It's a catch. Again, another phantom rule in favor of the douchebag of all douchebags, Tom Brady. So here's my question. 
remind me that that catch that the Texans wide receiver had in the end zone, that bobbled catch, Tank Dell. Yeah. If that was a catch, so was Jesse James's. Exactly. Because it was and the so same. Bryant's. Yeah. It, and so was on Jordan Addison had a great catch that I could see on my phone screen was in. And the refs are like, he was out. I'm like, I watched both his feet hit the floor. Like, that's a catch. Like it <sighs> that it's 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 sad that the fan watching from a tablet, a TV, a phone, their laptop, or even regular fucking home computer mm-hmm. can see that a wide receiver's in and we are how many miles away from the from the stadium that we could see it. You're on the field right there mm-hmm. and you can't tell. And then, and then replay to me makes these officials look like a bunch of dumb fucks yep. because you should have just called it right the first time. So I, I have been, and it, admittedly it was middle school flag football that I was refereeing, but like I've been a referee for sports. And first of all, my favorite thing is when like the kids' parents would be on the side, because like, it, it's middle school flag football. There's not really a big crowd draw. It's mostly parents watching their kid go, you know, go be outside for a couple hours and get out of the house, but and catch up with other parents and gossip because suburbs. But I remember being on the parents' sideline a couple times, and like the kid would like, do, or the kid would commit a penalty or something like that, and the parents, that's a thing that you can't do that, and then the kid would fucking score, and I just look back at him like, oh, what's up? <laughs> what's up? You want me to throw this? Is that what? Uh-huh. Stop. Let me do my thing. But like it was that, but like there, there's times where you can see it in real time. Like it's not, if you're right there, like again, I, it, it's not the same. It's not, but we can all agree the NFL refs suck. And I'm sure we, we could probably ask Brent about some of the calls because he's an umpire. We can ask Brent about some of the calls, you know, as an ump. And yeah. do you get it right 100% of the time? No, but you can bat, you know, you, you can be, you know, correct 95% correct and still be fine like that's the thing nobody wants to nobody expects the refs to be infallible but they expect them to get the fucking easy ones yeah like there was a kid and I I won't there was a kid who was running outside and he dove for the fucking pile this is when I was again the whole it it was a job I had in high school um just during the winter and fall just because it was easy money um but kid dives towards a pylon gets his flag pulled and but he ends up in the end zone and people are like, Oh, he scored. I'm like, I no, he didn't. It's from me to the fucking wall right now, which is you can't see on my screen. I could reach out and touch it. <laughs> That's how close the kid was to me. And I'm like, I'm right here. He was short. Back that shit up three yards and do it again. Like it's, I, I can see it. Like I'm, I'm right here. Like it, it's some of these, are they all replacement refs now? Do we have real? No, they're- no, they no, they are the real refs. The problem is they're just really bad. They're really bad. Oh my god! Unless you're Ed Hockley and you could bench press the goalpost, then I'll be very, very quiet and nice well, to you. He he's actually retired, but his son is That's just as right. jacked as he is. Yeah, Sean Hockley. Yeah, he'll, he'll call just as many bad penalties as his dad does. And then you can look and be like, "Oh, that's a bad call." And he's gonna look at you like, "What's up? <laughs> What's a bad call? <laughs> What'd you say?" Which is as he's looking. Oh, that's past you, bitch! As he's looking up at the yeah. six six eight defensive end that he's calling out. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But I mean, it, it's, it's just it, it, it's just so 
it, it's it's just remarkable. Like I understand it's a human being doing a hard right. job, and and we expect them to miss one here or there, but some of them when it's just at the wrong time, it's just egregious. It's like to keep it like to keep it more dramatic in a way. Those are the ones that piss me off the most. Well, that's... It's like you didn't call this pass interference all game, but all of a sudden that is five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Now you want to start calling it because now you want to make the game more intriguing. And th- th- those I don't like. If you're going to call from the first quarter on to be consistent, mm-hmm. don't be inconsistent. That's the only thing I ask for. So they've talked about in the NBA a couple of times, like NBA refs do it. NFL refs do it. A lot of refs will actually do this where if they make a bad call, they'll usually later down the game like kind of have like an unspoken agreement thing where they're like, all right, we, we fucked them on this. Let's give yeah, like, makeup let's, call. Let's do a makeup call. And the, those have always happened. And it's very apparent when yeah. you see that happen, but it it is nice now that a lot of refs are just letting people play. Like it happened during the, um, it happened during the Lakers nugget series when LeBron drove to the basket and they're like, look at Jamal Murray, grab LeBron's arm. I'm like, did you watch the full clip or just the screen grab? Because if you watch the full clip, his hand was on the ball and it touched his arm and that was it. Like, that's not a foul. And the refs are good for letting them play through it. The refs are like, play on. It's like the the ump that watched uh, Tim Anderson and Ramirez get in the fight. It was great. That was great. That was, uh, we need more of that in baseball. We really do. Treat it like (laughs) hockey. Treat it like, you know, y'all want to, y'all want to have a scrap? Like, all right, here, do your thing. Well, he was trying to break it up originally, and then, like, everybody starts running in. And he's like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah, I'm, I'm not off. getting trampled on. Freaking, he's like, you two want to duke it out? Go ahead. And you figure this thing was going to be, like, a two, three-minute push-shove. 30 seconds. You know, maybe a slap, maybe a slap thrown in there. Jose Ramirez just, like, he fully cocked it back and just, boom. And I was like, oh, this is the best thing ever. Glass jaw. The best fucking thing ever. But it just sucks because it's a guy that plays for a Cleveland team that did it. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I got another. Okay, Tim, Anderson, Tim Anderson needed to be knocked the fuck out, though. Mm-hmm. It was coming. It was you coming. Got everybody, the in the <laughs> everybody in the league's been telling him you play the game wrong. Jose Ramirez has warned him on more than one occasion. How many times do you warn somebody before it's just like you know what? Boom, lights out. What did Tim you... Anderson had the wobbly at the lights too? What do we know what he said? It was, I don't know what was said. I know it was when Ramirez slid in the second. Yeah, he was like straddling his back or something like that. And he's like, yo, get off me. Like, it, here's my thing you can be because some of my favorite players to watch in the league are are the trash talkers and the guys who, you know, play that mental game. Because if you can beat them mentally, yeah. And everyone knows who you can and can't trash talk. Like, that's it. Like, it, it's, you know who you can't talk shit to. Like, it, it, the, one of my favorite examples of this was when uh, Iman Shumpert tells that story. On, I don't know what podcast it was, but Iman Shumpert tells that story where he was playing against Kobe when he was in New York. And Kobe was like, he, Iman was having a great game. He had like 20-something points on him. And, you know, he's like, Kobe would only put up like 10 and they were winning. Fourth quarter comes around and Kobe looks at Iman and he goes, Tell you what, young fella, you had a good game. And Iman's like, had? There's 12 minutes left. 
<laughs> what are you talking about? What do you mean? Had that's a good game? There's a whole quarter. And during the podcast, they're like, isn't that when Kobe dropped like 40 on you? And they go, don't, don't get ahead of me. <laughs> you don't talk shit to Kobe. You don't talk shit to guys like that. You talk shit to the guys like Michael Crabtree, which the fact that Crabtree was in anybody's top five was insane to me. Did you see that? Oh, uh, I don't know what Pickens was thinking there. I, I Maybe he just had a brain fart and that just came out. Maybe you it need, was one you of those. You need five. Uh, uh, who, it, it, who, it was probably just like a fraudulent slip where he was like, okay, well, we got Megatron. We got this guy, this guy. Uh, I don't know. Just give me fucking Crabtree. Who, who was the guy with – what What was the guy's name? He he really fell off towards the end, was really pissing everybody off. Uh, he he, he might have no, – he, he didn't play here. Crabtree? <laughs> He's like, I can't say Antonio Brown. Can I say Crabtree? <laughs> He, I would I would have been. I what? I don't know if Antonio Brown was in his top five. He I would have been mad if he said it. He wasn't. I don't blame I him. Have been I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been mad if he put him in there. The thing. I mean, that, it's his opinion. Yeah, the thing that gets me the most, and I, I absolutely love it, um, is when people were like, "Who's Michael Crabtree?" When people were talking about it. And the amount of people who did the Richard Sherman, you gonna put me on a sorry ass receiver like Crabtree? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone goes wait that's him and we're like yeah and they go the guy yelling we're like no the the dude he was talking shit about like that's who michael crabtree is <laughs> that's why he's famous is texas tech and that <laughs> yeah he had one he had a screen it was a screen pass i think was it a screen pass it was a screen pass or a stick route um where he basically bounced out towards the sideline caught it tiptoed the line and scored to upset some team i don't remember who it was but that was that was his claim to fame, and I mean he was a solid. To, he's better than me. <laughs> he's better than I was, but that's not saying much. But like it, it's here's my thing, and I, I've I've said it quite a few times. I don't have to have played collegiate or professional ball to know ball. Yeah. Like that's. I've been seeing it today. I've been seeing people slander Justin Fields where they're like, just no one's scared of Justin Fields throwing the ball. I'm like, he had, they fucking should be. It's very clear that they were because after they realized like one towards the end of the season, like he was at a time. So he was tied for uh, first in sacks. So he got sacked 55 times. So did Russell Wilson, he was top 10 in pressures and he was top three in a, Pressure percentage. Yeah. It's like almost 27. So they definitely rattled him early, but the second they started like fearing his legs, they would back off and they actually gave him more time to throw. And he started dotting people up. Like there's a reason he was the number one recruit to. Okay. Here's what most people don't know. The um, ESPN 300 class with Trevor Lawrence. He was the number yeah. two player that year. Justin Fields was number one. Fields was the number one player in that recruiting class. Lawrence was number two. I think Patrick Sertan was in this. That was a deep recruiting class, too. But, like, yeah. it's... Dude has always been good. Like, it, it, the people who think he can't throw didn't watch his fucking tape at Ohio State. Like, no. it's... It, if you don't know ball, don't talk. <laughs> 
don't don't talk and be prepared for somebody like Jim or me to clock you. <laughs> Especially if oh. I see it and have the time to address it. And speaking of things to address, Jim, I know you brought something up uh, earlier this week that you want to get into. Well, it kind of ties into the preseason game. Okay. Obviously, the Steel and Tampa game. Um, it's more with the backup situation. Obviously, uh, Whack-A-Mole looked somewhat decent for a guy he with did. concrete legs and can run and can run for a first down. Utterly amazed me. Who's faster, um, Mason I, I Rudolph, John Carlos Carl Stanton? The fucking Tin Man? Please. <laughs> Fucking Mason Rudolph could do the mile four times before Stanton <laughs> even gets to a quarter. So Mason wins that one, and then he'll probably be running faster because Miles Garrett will be behind him with a helmet. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm sorry, um, I didn't say anything. <laughs> but Mitch looked like utter garbage, mm-hmm. and yeah. this led to people on the dumpster fire known as X, Twitter, whatever you want to. Call I'm still it. calling it Twitter. Um. Somebody said, should they sign Colin Kaepernick? And this is where maybe a few years ago, Mm -hmm. I would say yes to it. Take away the political nonsense of it, because we're not going to get political. When he was in his prime, he was a good quarterback. Obviously, he gets the Niners to the Super Bowl. Obviously, we know they don't win it again, as usual. And then they probably whined and cried about that. But to sign Kaepernick now, he's been out of the league for six years, six, seven years now. Yeah, he's still in shape. He's still practicing, doing whatever. But to to take a chance on him now with still the backlash that'll come from what happened six, seven years ago, Pittsburgh's not going to do that at all. Do I feel that Kaepernick deserves another shot in the NFL? Not as a starter. If you bring no. him in as a backup, he's a viable option. But, you know, again, there's just too much drama behind it that Pittsburgh's already gotten all the drama out of the out of the franchise. They've gotten it out of there. They're not going to bring another piece of drama back into the fold. They're not going to do it. In the backup situation, I think, honestly – you got to cut Mitch at this point. You do. You absolutely cut Mitch. You, you, he was supposed to be the bridge to get Kenny Pickett ready. And as we can see, he's ready. Mitch was Mitch was just as bad of a bridge as that section of the I-95 that collapsed. <laughs> so it's time to cut the ties that bind. I really would hate to see Mason as the number two. But I think that's what you got to lean towards. I mean, you've seen it. You've seen it in the game. He throws a sixty-seven-yard rainbow bomb to Calvin Austin, who smoked that. Who smoked the cornerback like he was a rolled-up Buster Rhymes blunt. Okay, smoked him. I think if you give Mason the chance, I think you start Mason the next game. I think you just let Kenny sit and just. Trot Rudolph out there for the first half, and then let Mitch and Tanner Morgan play the second half. It's preseason. I don't care if we win or lose. The point of preseason is to gauge where these guys are going to be, who you're going to cut, who's going to make the roster. And Kendrick Green, that fuck better be cut. You wasted a third-round draft pick on a seventh-round center. <laughs> I love it. You could, you could drop him out there at St. Vincent's College during, during training camp 
and have him practice as a fullback, I'd rather have no fullback than have him at all. Here's my thing. I'm just being honest. No, that that's fair. I, I, we are fullbacks, not great either. Uh, he he was our seventh round pick, and thank God he was a seventh round pick. Um, but here's my thing with with Cap. I don't personally have an issue with what Kaepernick stands for. I think it's a conversation that needed to be had. Whether that gets me in some hot water, I don't really care. Um, I am looking at this purely from a football standpoint. I'm someone who lives and dies yeah. by two things when it comes to a, whether a player is good or not. And that is stats and win loss record. Cause Blake, which Bortles, is all that matters. Yeah. Blake Bortles said it best. First of all, Blake is still one of my favorite people to find on Twitter to go back to the, what we were talking about before the show started the Barbie movie. Uh, <laughs> he actually had a, <laughs> so it, this does tie in. So with Johnny Manziel's new documentary, which some of the things he's saying, we already knew. So I didn't watch any film. Oh, buddy, I could tell. <laughs> I know. Yeah, neither did Jamarcus Russell. So maybe Jamarcus Russell taught him how not to watch film. Okay. With all this coming out, with Johnny still having his Heisman, should they give Reggie his back? Absolutely. Reggie should have never lost it in the first place. No. He just And he, I actually commend Manzel for, for saying that. Yeah, I, I will that is the only time I'll give him props. Yeah. But the one thing I didn't like was, and this is where I don't agree with um, a lot of, even Cleveland Browns fans were saying this. There was part where he said when he got cut by Cleveland, he tried to kill himself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Browns fans are like, yeah, well, you should have because you killed this franchise. Yeah, not okay. Listen, first off, not okay. First off, that's not okay. But this is where I will kind of make it not somber and turn it into a bit more entertainment. There was many other people before Manziel that sucked for Cleveland. That franchise has been dead for a very long time. Yes. The fact that the Houston Oilers have more division championships than you, and they haven't played in almost 30 fucking years oh now, my God. is utterly amazing. But you keep tr- you you keep talking your shit, Cleveland. Keep talking your shit. Because the stats been- <laughs> are all over. This has been the Cook Cleveland Minute of the Steel and Teal Talk episode today. Brought to you by... <laughs> Brought to you by Cleveland Browns. We're relevant, I swear. <laughs> I swear we're a good team. We're relevant. But, okay, so it, like the reason why I brought this up is somebody mentioned uh, how Blake Bortles needs his own side thing about his time. like Because now, now he just hangs out in like Florida and just goes like beach bars and stuff. And a line in that movie is, my job is beach. Because they're making fun of Ken because everyone has a job and they're like, oh, what is he doing? Ken's like, my job is beach. Lifeguard? No, just beach. <laughs> so that was Blake tweeting out my like, oh, my job is beach because he's retired. He's not doing anything else right now. He's just hanging out on the beach and oh. just doing his thing. I was like, that's his job. His job is beach. And that's hilarious to me. Yeah. But <laughs> he said it back when we drafted Fournette, which I hated. Um But I hated the pick. And you can ask Jalen where we were at. I was sitting in a Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, watching the draft with him and our buddy Novian. And I was like, where I was like, I don't want us to take Fournette. I think it's a stupid pick. And it was. And they said, with you know, the bells come on, you know, with the whatever pick in the 2000, whatever the fuck NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars have selected Leonard Fournette running back, Louisiana State University. And I am just like, it, there's a video of me 
immediately just chugging my beer like fucking damn it (laughs) and we did it again (laughs) but what he what blake said during the time because he blake wasn't the most accurate passer he knows that i'll be the first one to tell you that he what he cared about is winning the game he goes i'll throw the ball four times a game if it means we win i don't care so that's when i say when i look at stats i also look at wins losses because if you have middle of the road stats but your win-loss record is, you know, 60% or higher. Yeah, you you did fine. You do what you were asked to. Right. My quarterback or quarterback coach in um, high school for me was a quarterback in Nebraska. And he was like, my job was very, very easy because we had a all-American running back. And my job was, here, take it. <laughs> you take it. You take it. Like, it wasn't hard. So statistically, Kaepernick is a career completion percentage of 59.8. 12,271 yards. So in the averages about 2000 yards a season. And that's, he, he definitely had a, he had a bad, uh, he didn't really play in 2011 and he only played. um, I think he started seven games in 2013 or 2012, Um, but 1800 yards. He had two, 3000 yard seasons, which I mean, 2013, 2014 was decent because I mean, nobody was breaking the records like that then, but you know, and I may be wrong on that. But 12,000 career passing yards, so a little over 2,000 yards a season. Uh, 72 career touchdowns, 30 career interceptions. Uh, with a QB record of 28 and 30. Oof. That's where it is. Because statistically, it's not bad. 59% completion isn't great, but for a backup, it's it's acceptable. Because your backup quarterback yeah. is there, and your backup quarterback is on your roster for two reasons. It's a veteran presence to help the young guy, you know, figured out the, the Brian Hoyer type guy or the Charlie Whitehurst guy who's seen everything and can be like or the hey, Chase Daniel or the Chase Daniels. Yeah. Or the um, Chad Henney and whatever he he's good for a couple drives a year or, you know, in a pinch or, beat, or, 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 or beating Cleveland in the uh, first round of the uh, AFC playoffs or my Jaguars to be fair, um, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it, it's, that's what your backup's there for. Your backup's there to be there in a pinch. He's a backup plan. He doesn't have to be as good as a star. He's there as a backup. So Kaepernick, Cam Newton, a lot of these guys, if they were, oh, and I've said it for Cam too. So this is not, you know, people don't make this something that it's not. I've said it for Cam and I'll say it for any other quarterback who, if Alex Smith wanted to make a comeback, great. You'd be a backup. If Carson Wentz wants to ever play it down to this league again, you will be a backup. Like that's you are at you are thirty like it, in in Colin's stance, and I don't know how old Cam Newton is. If he's as old as I think he is, yeah, Cam. You see the Carson went. You see the Carson Wentz photo that was oh, out no. there. No, I didn't. All right, so he's practicing God knows where in a, on a football field somewhere in bumpfuck USA, Nebraska right. or he's got, not Nebraska. Um, he's got North Dakota. He's got an Eagles helmet on. Washington oh Commanders practice jersey. Oh boy! And Indianapolis Colts shorts on. Oh boy! You really, you really doing a mashup? It's like a Jay Z Lincoln Park mashup, but just totally fucked up. Oh fucking boy! Fucking which one are you representing? <laughs> oh boy! I saw that. I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm not even touching this one. So. 
Oh my god, I took a shot at him. The so he he posted a picture of him hunting like a, a bear or something. He goes, Oh, it's grizzly bear season in North Dakota or whatever. And there's a picture of him with the bear, and I commented immediately, Holy shit, you do have accuracy. Just, just not on the field. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so back back to Cam and back to all that. Like Cam Newton's 34, Kaepernick's 35. You are now in the bridge player backup type quarterback role in your career yeah if that is a role that both they're willing to accept i see no issue with them being on a roster and with the way injuries are they oh. have a chance to step on the field and prove it and yeah. do their thing like it, it's that's for carson wentz carson wentz to the point of his career where he's a backup you've got gardner Minshew's at the point where he's a backup and i, I love gardner but you got, is running wild. Oh my god my my uh my team name in fantasy one year was Min- Minshew Mustache Mafia, and it was <laughs> it was a picture of him getting off that plane for the bowl game for Washington State where he had like the crimson suit on with the giant mustache and like the shirt buttoned down to like his stomach. <laughs> I was like, this is great, but it, it's oh god. Cam Newton's a similar situation. 59.9% yeah. completion percentage, uh, 194 touchdowns, 123 interceptions. Uh, he And 32,000 yards. That's where the difference is. He also played a button. He played longer. But you're at that point in your career where you're not the guy anymore. And you have to huh. accept that. It, it's It gets to that point for everybody. Every player has that situation where it's time to start coaching up the young guys. Especially in a position like quarterback, wide receiver, or running back, or whatever. O-line. Like, it's it, it's... Except the role that you are now in. See, I think if Cam, if Cam Newton were to accept it, mm-hmm. and part of it is I don't think he wants to because, in no. my opinion, I think he thinks he could still start. Yeah, no, you can't. You couldn't even dive on a fumble in the Super Bowl. What makes you think you could still start? The best fit for him because there's so much BS mm-hmm. that I think he can maybe take Baby Yoda. By his little fucking backpack. Oh God! Did you see Arizona. that picture? Oh God! Yeah. Well, he was trying to recreate freaking Tracy Morgan's character. The longest, the longest yard. yard. Yeah, and I was about to say that. <laughs> what <are> you, <laughs> you talking about, backpacker? What you doing, Brucey? It was enough for you. The I other appreciate day. you. I appreciate you, Paul. <laughs> oh God! I'm gonna have to watch that after we're done with Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Oh my God. It, it, Somebody's like, what's one of the saddest coaching scenes ever? And because uh, it was a Twitter post and somebody was like, oh, caretaker for sure. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, or it was like, what's the pettiest moment you've ever seen a college or um, an opposing team have towards a coach? And somebody showed the clip of caretaker with the cake. And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> you're wrong for that. But like it, it, to back to Cam, like I, I respect the mentality of, yeah. you know, I. And you need that mentality. You need that, you know, that's what I want in my in my team leaders. I want that guy who's like, I could beat you any day of the week. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I want. Like, that's, you you want that dog. Like, you want that in, which is why I don't think Herbert will ever be successful in the NFL, because he doesn't have it. And it's very clear to see. And I got into it with, uh, all right, I'm stepping on my fucking pedestal again. Here we go. So. I'm going to get into it again. If we did not spot San Diego, 27 points. This, that game would have been a blowout. The other thing I seen somebody posted was uh, Brad Staley's a horrible coach with a great roster. 
Yeah, no, he absolutely is. It, and it yeah. it goes to show like they're not they're not a good team. Like almost every scoring drive they had, they started on our side of the field. Their scoring drives, every single time they scored for the most part were less than 50 yards. Like that's we gave you the best field position ever, and y'all still fucked it up. <laughs> like, so it, it's, he doesn't have it. If, if you're, you, you cannot take it to the next level. If you don't have that, that dog uh, to, to be stereotypical, if you don't have that dog in you, you can't take it to the next level. Yeah. That's why Russ is cooked. He don't have it anymore. And the problem is you and you can be Aaron Rodgers. You can be, you know, you can be an asshole. You can be Russ and be a corny dude. But the second you start losing and you're not winning games, you are the first person that everybody turns on. Like that's why that can happen with the Jets. That's why Paul Skeens worries me with Pittsburgh. Because apparently he was talking about he went into they said like he would go into LSU every day in the dugout. And, you know, walk up to everybody and go, I outwork you, I outwork you, I outwork you, and kind of go down the line of every player. And I'm like, okay, cool. Do that in the pros where people are getting paid more money than you after a bad game and you say, yeah. I outwork you. They're going to beat your ass because you, you're you the first person we all turn on when that happens because you're the guy who's right. like, oh, you know, it's not my fault we lost. Like, okay, this is a, like, yeah, it's a team sport, but like, if you don't pull your fucking weight as a pitcher or a quarterback or a star running back or, you know, a star middle linebacker or something like that, or, you know, the striker or the center for fucking any others, we can go over anything, any sport. If your yeah. star player is not pulling their weight, it shows. And then you can't go up there and be like, well, well, you know, come on, guys. You know, it, it was a team effort. Like, no, nah, motherfucker. <laughs> the rest of the team was yeah. here. Where were you? <laughs> we were here. So it, I'm here. I'm right here. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Speaking of Mahomes, that video. I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to say that his wife is something she may not be. But the one thing I will say is she's probably not a good cook. <laughs> I'm not eating her shit. Unseasoned. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit what she's cooking. She probably fucking makes. She probably uses Chef Boyardee sauce for lasagna. She's the cooking videos you see where it's like the uh, oh my god, Chef Boyardee sauce. That's that's a too <laughs> long to hit. Just like the flavor in her food. Um, <laughs> like the, she ain't gonna be on no cooking show with Gordon Ramsay anytime soon. The, that's for sure. What are you? This is this is bloody fucking awful, Brittany. This is Chef Boyardee salt. Get the fuck out of my kitchen, bitch. This is raw, you donut. <laughs> Holds up two pieces of bread. What are you? <laughs> that was great. Oh, it was boy. scripted as shit, but it was hilarious. But like, it's... Here's my thing. So for those that don't know, she there was a video where they did like the newlyweds game or whatever, and it, it's... I'm not again. I'm not trying to say she's something else. I, it's it's not for me to say, but it's the video they did. I, they, she got it wrong. For those who don't know, the new little game is where like it's you take two people and you decide whether they know. Like, if me and Jim were to play, and the question is, what is your favorite football team? 
And I was, I would write down Pittsburgh and he would write down Jacksonville. And then that would be that. And we'd get it right. Um, If I wrote down Cleveland would be the equivalent of the answer that Brittany gave (laughs) to Patrick. (laughs) So the question was, what is his, Oh my God. The, the, the question was uh, what is your, what is my favorite cheat meal? And she goes fried chicken. And then he goes, no, (laughs) no. And then she's like, oh, country fried steak and gravy with mashed potatoes. And he goes, no, it's it's Mexican food, like Tex-Mex, because he's from Texas. <laughs> it's Tex-Mex. So he's going to be. Uh, how, do you not, how do you not get that right when you've been dating this guy since like fucking pre-K? My uh, my girlfriend knows my favorite foods. She knows not only my favorite foods, she knows my favorite desserts and she knows my favorite meals based on like styles of cooking like if it's italian food she knows i absolutely love carbonara if it's asian food it or if it's you know japanese food i love fried rice if it's thai food it's pat siu like she knows all the dishes and the foods that i like like it's there was something that was uh what was it i saw this post like a year ago it said uh it was like ladies he you know he's a man for you if he knows what your taco order is and i it I know what hers is like it, it, you know what their favorite <laughs> dish is and their favorite food order is because that's they they order it all the time. They're your significant other. Yeah. They they order their favorite food because it's their fucking favorite food. <laughs> Why? How do you not know that? I was like, I'm not even trying to make other claims out there. I'm just saying, how do you not know it and be that wrong? That's where I'm at. Totally right? off the fucking map. They're, totally they're, not the the page. Page. <laughs> they're not even on the same page. They're not even the same page. It's not even, oh. different page, different books, <laughs> different different reading levels. Um, <laughs> that's just nuts. I think she's still reading the pop up books. Oh boy, <laughs> go dog, go see spot run. Oh boy, we're gonna get canceled. Uh, <laughs> I hope Brittany Mahomes, like, I give a oh, shit. Oh, I don't care. We're more making fun of the fact that she was that far Just off. Just an idiot. Just that far off. How do you be that far off? Like, of someone you've known for that long. Like, that's... I don't know. It's I, Here's the thing, though. I guarantee you, every one of his teammates could tell him what his favorite cheat meal is. <laughs> <laughs> Even the rookies that got drafted. They're like, oh, it's tech specs because we had it. Oh, my God. That reminds me of the, um, I think it was the I Am Athlete podcast. They had Garrett Wilson on there. And they were talking about like, oh, yeah, like, you know, where are you going to take everybody for your rookie dinner? He's like, that's not happening. He goes, the fuck it isn't. (laughs) (laughs) This is a first round draft pick. I know exactly how much you made, big dog. We're going to go to the steakhouse and the (laughs) five-star restaurant. And we're getting, you know, Wagyu for the whole table cocktails we're drinking louis the 13th and you know top shelf scotch and you know at top shelf everything and you're gonna pick up the thirty thousand dollar breakfast dinner tab because i know how much you make because <laughs> it's very public and it's yep. a rite of passage like it, it's just how it is it's a dumb rite of passage but it's a rite of passage it's, and yeah. it's hilarious so but we gotta we probably got about 10 minutes left so let's get into a couple more things preseason thoughts on the steelers to bring it back home because for me i think uh, if y'all are looking for another backup, if Rourke plays like he did over the weekend, you can have CJ Beathard. 
That third isn't that bad. He's serviceable. No, he's not. He's a serviceable. And that, that's what you need in the backup is a serviceable yeah. guy. Like Bethard, it, like you can have Bethard. Rourke looked great. I know you saw that play where he avoided because it yes. was all over the internet. Somebody's like, if you if you could throw the ball angry, I'm like, you can always throw the ball. What do you mean if? <laughs> he's, like, what, what do you mean if? This is why I think like some of the yes, – I'm not even going on that rabbit hole. But like Jaguars look good. I'm not concerned about us. Um, I think Deuce Vaughn balled out like I've been saying he would for months. Yeah. And I was I said it months ago during our draft show. I, I said Deuce Vaughn is going to be one of the best running backs to come out of this class. Yeah. For sure. And when he's undersized, I'm like, great. So was Darren Sproles. So was Maurice Jones Drew. Yeah. So was Ray Rice. So was which he's not a great example for anything except for what not to do. Um, but there <laughs> There's plenty of shorter, undersized running backs who yeah. did great. They had great careers. So yeah, he's undersized. Like, well, he he's kind of thin. I'm like, great. You could put on muscle at this level. It yeah. ain't hard. The amount of money oh. they put into their training staff, you'll put on weight and muscle. He'll be fine. And he's shifty. He's got hands. He'll be he, he'll be good. Dallas has a good yeah. running back. I, I think Deuce Vaughn it might be somebody I'd take in late rounds in fantasy. So I think he'll yeah. be great. And speaking of Dallas running backs, do you see Zeke sign with New England? Yeah. That's and Dalvin Cook went to the Jets. That uh, doesn't surprise me. Now I don't know if I want to take Brees Hall or not in fantasy, just because now, now I know it's going to be a handcuff situation, and I don't I don't trust it. No. I, I don't it, trust it, any it, the signing Dalvin, signing Dalvin Cook is pretty much telling Brees Hall, at least in my opinion, the Jets don't believe in you yet. Yeah, 100%. Because they even said it with um, when they were talking about Zeke going to the Jets. Uh, Brees Hall actually tweeted out and tagged the other running backs in there with Michael Carter and some of the other guys because I think we're good here. Yeah. But, and I mean, like, it, it, Dalvin's better than Zeke, and that's not saying much, but like, it, it's, I, I would feel kind of pissed off if that happened. Like, it, yeah. it's a different situation. Yeah, it's a different situation what happened with the Giants where they brought in, because they were, Saquon might have held out, so they brought in James Robinson who's a similar back and they could yeah. still run their same offense with a guy who can hold their own. And that made sense. Whereas you have, and I, I get Brees Hall's coming off the, um, wasn't ACL. Was it Achilles? I think it was Achilles or ACL. One of the A's. One I of the, think it was the ACL. One of the A ligaments, which, whichever one, one of the important ligaments starts with an A. We're not doctors. Uh, <laughs> and apparently neither is the Yankee medical staff either. No, but that's a different the, the, that's a different show. <laughs> Go listen to the show yep. on fourteen twenty with uh, Jim and Brent. That was that was a fun one. They definitely. If you're looking for more Yankees bashing, go check that one out. Um, but it was definitely, uh, definitely. Oh yeah, but like it, it's that makes sense for me. And I, I get he's coming off an injury, but to me that worries me because I'd be like, do you not believe that I can go back to my normal self? Right. Like. They're they are tr- the Jets are very clearly trying to win now because they have a two year window, and that window is closing when Rodgers leaves because they're idiots and took Rodgers instead of somebody else, and I cannot wait for them to not even win ten games. They're going eight and nine. I've been saying it for months. You can yep. lock it in on August fourteenth at ten thirty five p.m. Eastern time in two thousand twenty three. <laughs> uh, Garrett of Steel and Teal Talk and Is This a Bad Take and Two Dudes of Sports News has said that the Jets will not win more than nine games this year. 
Nope, they won't because because they, there's a lot of factors into it. Exactly. You don't know when there's going to be a catastrophic injury. No. We know it's going to happen. We don't want to see it, but it's going to happen. No, it has Dalvin Cook fit? Does Dalvin Cook fit into the scheme of what the Jets are trying to do? Does Rodgers even fit into the scheme of what the Jets are trying to do? A lot's got to go right for this to work. And we've seen at times where it has worked, like the Rams did it. The Rams went all in, traded like 855 years worth of first-round draft picks. You know, they bring in Stafford. They sign OBJ. They bring in this guy. They, they sign Von Miller. They do all this. And what did it get them? It got them a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But what did it get them the following year? Got them nothing. Got them in the cellar. No playoffs. Stafford out for the rest of the year. No OBJ that year. And it's one of those, the Rams proved that it works, but it only works once. It does yep. not work multiple times. Yep. New England wouldn't say when, when they were winning theirs, they weren't super teams. They just had weapons that Tom Brady created. Mm-hmm. Like he created the weapon in Julian Edelman. He made Gronk that much better as a tight end. As much as people can't stand the guy, you know, Brady was did what, in essence, what Brady did, what Green Bay expected Rodgers to do. Not only did you create weapons with what you were given, but then you actually won Super Bowls with them. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Rodgers is good at making weapons, but he's not good at getting you past mid quarterbacks. Nope. And now he's in a division with three great or two great quarterbacks and Mac Jones, um, which not a shot of Mac. A jury's still out on Mac at the moment. But we got two more things I want to get into for sure. Um, before we get into the last bit, I do want to say uh, we want to say rest in peace to Alex Collins uh, and kind of thoughts and T's and P's to the family. Um, but it, it's def which sounds super nonchalant, but I, just, I, I feel so cliche saying thoughts and prayers. But like, you know, we, we, it came out before we recorded this that uh, Alex Collins has passed away. We don't know how yet as recording this. We don't know what happened, but it is sad to see he was 28 years old. Um, it's yeah. it's that's far too young. Um, so don't know what happened. Uh, we wish nothing but the best for his family. And, you know, if, if y'all know them, be there for them. If you're a friend of his, be there for his family, be there for his friends, yeah. be there for those, which I don't know if we have any of those listening to the show or not. But, you know, it's sad. That so, it is. What's also sad, because there's no real way to pivot from this, uh, and other news involving families, uh, apparently the Tui family is the silver-haired, middle-aged white family that everybody thought they were. Um, if you don't get Not that so. reference, go listen to Crime and Sports. Uh, they're an absolute, they, they don't, I, I listen to them probably once a week. They do, uh, they, they have these tropes that they talk about where every star athlete uh, has a silver-haired, middle-aged white person behind them. That just does nothing but make up excuses for it because they're making an absurd amount of money off of them. Yeah. So uh, apparently Michael Orr came out and said that the blind side never happened the way it did. The Tui family basically got him to sign paperwork to where they could profit off the story and any money they had and have made hundreds of millions of dollars off the blind side movie, which we all knew damn well it did not go down like that. <laughs> we, we all knew. The way the movie portrayed it, 
and he's come out and even said it. He's like, the movie made it look like I didn't have a clue to what was going on in the world. And I was like this, yeah. like, slow person. And which, apparently, in real life, he's not. No, he's very smart. But the thing is, like, when this came out, somebody tweeted something about it. I said, well, not for nothing. You know, because people are questioning why now. And his response was, well, you know, from when I got drafted to when I retired... I didn't have enough time to look into this. Yeah. But if you have an agent, well, I guess they were acting as agents while they were fucking ripping them off left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, while, while you know, they already had more than enough money. I mean, the, the dad owned Taco Bells and like KFC chains, whatever it is, up and down fucking Tennessee or wherever the hell it is that, that they have them at. What he was saying is, is that he didn't know none of this was going on. Like he didn't know that he wasn't making money off the movie. And now what he's looking for and what he petitioned with the courts today is that he's looking for that back money. And rightfully so. Yeah. You 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 were portrayed in this movie in one way, whether it's accurate or not. You know, any movie watches based on anybody is never fully accurate. There's always things that are changed in it. There's always timelines that don't make sense. That's why it's and based on a true God, story. And for a guy who watches like a lot of mafia movies, Donnie Brasco is the prime example where there's a scene where towards the end where Donnie Brasco is talking with Lefty about killing Sonny Red's kid. But when you watch the documentaries, the real truth of it is it was Sonny Black who's talking to Donnie Brasco about it. So they change things in movies based on true stories to make it more entertaining in a way. Mm-hmm. And the blind side to me, is it a good movie? Yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. It's a solid but the movie. Fact that, but the fact that now people are tweeting out, how could Tim McGraw and Sandra Bullock do this Leave to him? him alone. They're actors. You think they knew any of this was going on when they were making the movie? You think they knew all the legal bullshit behind the scenes? No. You know what they did? They showed up and they read lines and that's all they did. So it's it's not any of their fault at all. To what's going on and people questioning why Michael Orr is doing it now. Well, now he's got more free time on his hands to he's retired. He's got the time to look into this. So, I mean, did he not have people looking out for his best interests? Absolutely not. He didn't. You know, is it true that they didn't adopt him? The movie tells you they did. He's telling you in real life it didn't happen. So which one are you gonna believe? Yeah. A movie, a, a movie that you watch on TV. Or the guy who outright lived the whole fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> it's you, you you just you can't make it up. And all they said, because ESPN tried reaching out to him, you know, with all the numbers listed to them, they didn't answer till like a few hours ago and it was listen, you know, we love Michael, you know, pretty much the robotic I bet you do. answer a lawyer is gonna I bet you do you love know, him. He made you a lot uh, of money. They, they pretty much said we never did anything to harm him. If anything, we made his life better. And, okay, yeah, you <laughs> did. You made his life better because you gave him you, you gave him a roof over his head. You gave him clothes. You gave him food. You gave him a car. You gave him this. You gave him that. Okay? I understand that. That's great. You're the fucking white suburban family with a heart of gold in front of everybody else. But behind the scenes, you're no better than a dictator leader. Because you fucking robbed this kid blind. Yeah. It's it's sad. It, it 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 it's really just it's a sad situation that hopefully in the end 
does have a happy ending where Michael Lord gets his money, punitive damages, but people tweeting, well, we need the real blindside story now. No, we don't need a fucking movie based on I don't, on I don't need the part. second one. I don't, I don't need one. it. I, I, I absolutely don't need it, and Sandra Bullock's too old to play a fucking blonde-headed white girl trying to screw somebody out of money, so. I love, but it's just a shit situation. I love that the Tui family allegedly don't sue us. Um, so, <laughs> looked at him and like, <laughs> I can fix him. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! It's, All right, it's it's just it it's just one of those. It's yeah, it's, it's it, it it was one of those. I think that story tops, other than the passing of Alex Collins, obviously, this story. Tops, Zeke going to New England, Dalvin mm-hmm. going to the Jets. Um, the fact that Cleveland still thinks they're going to win anything. Um, and this is just the beginning of it. Absolutely. How much more? How much more is going to come out? Right? Absolutely. And and not only that, who's going to portray? Who's going to paint who as the bad guy in this situation? Because I wouldn't put it past this Tui family to say. Something outlandish, and I hope it isn't true when I say this, because God knows we've seen things come out where it's like, wait, no, Michael tried to hit on Collins, you know, every night before bedtime, or something like that. Like, if if stuff like that starts being said, you know, at this point now, this family's just trying to be vindictive because mm-hmm. they feel wronged by somebody that they again they helped them. Don't get me wrong; everybody yeah. benefited in the situation. The two each just benefited. A little bit more financially. And people are out there, well, what did Michael Orr's NFL money run out? Who is it of what is it any of your business to worry about that guy's fucking finances? What are you, his fucking accountant? I just I don't know. So I, they're claiming that it was what three hundred million? Whatever the movie grossed, I know I don't think I think the kids benefited more than they did. The Oscar-nominated film made more than $300 million at the box office. Uh, got Sandra Bullock an Academy Award like she needed more. Um, and <laughs> uh, the lawsuit claims that Leanne, Sean, and their two birth children each received $225,000 plus 2.5% of the film's defined net proceeds for the movie, but he never saw a dime. So... For the people like me who can't do math off the top of their head, that is 225, 2.5%. That is $7.5 million per person that he did not see. Based off a movie that's based on him, that half of it is inaccurate anyway. That's also $300 million at the box office, not in rentals and streaming dollars and everything else. So we're... So it's probably like over ten. It, it it's a lot. It, it it's too much to not have. So yeah. like his his career earnings, just to pull it up, so we have it for for shits and giggles. Uh, his career earnings are thirty four million dollars for nine seasons. That's it. Which. I say it like thirty-four million is not a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of money, but it, it's thirty-four million dollars. Whereas 
this family has the potential to profit off him indefinitely. So I I don't, if what he's saying is true, I'm a thousand percent on his side. If he never saw a dime of it, I'm on his side. I mean, that this is your life, your story, run me my money. Yeah. Uh, And, and, and the, and the, the grimy part to it is, is that uh, what he's saying is in the, um, the paperwork they made him sign the conservatory for conservatorship, yeah. Them, yeah, it gives them the right to handle all his business dealings in his name. Yep. So, it, so what it's so what he said is that their lawyer drew everything up, and they told him, "Oh, don't worry, you don't have to sign none of it. Just, just you don't have to read it. Just sign it." He figured, "All right, you know these, you know the, you know this family did right by me, so he thinks." Mm-hmm. All right, whatever, no problem. I'll sign it. But that, that they're going to be people. Yeah, they're going to be people like, "Well, that's your fault for not reading." Well, think of it this way: Do you read the terms and conditions of everything that you have to click "I accept" on? No, I, I just click "I." I certainly I don't, don't because I trust yeah. that that company's not going to completely rail me for something so yeah. simple. And it's also you have back measured stuff set up like VPNs and other. That, that's a different situation. Yeah. Like it's. And also he's he's in high school when this is happening. Legally, he would need representation there for him to sign it, I feel like. If he's not 18, he can't legally represent himself. Well, no, that's what the family lawyer was for. Which is crazy. And that's also that's a family lawyer. And I mean, part of that is on him for trusting that lawyer. But it's also like these people, you know, put me into their home. They seem to have my best interest at heart. I'm a 16, 17 year old naive kid. Yeah, I'll trust him. And that's that. That's just that's gross. It's. If if. Alleged, 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 alleged. Tui family, don't sue us. Um, I, I don't, I don't need that. I don't have time for that. Uh, <laughs> I don't have time for this. Now there was and some I time for the lawsuit. I got nothing to give you, Tui family, unless you want like a twenty-five dollar gift card to fucking Target. I, I rent my my apartment. I don't own property, so you'll <laughs> you'll get nothing from me. I got a lot of whiskey, but they're all open, so you probably don't want any of that. Uh, <laughs> slightly used bottles of whiskey and tequila. Um, <laughs> it's not gonna be worth a whole lot got some records too but again it's not not worth a whole lot of money it 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 would cost you more to come after us than it would than what you would gain from it so and that is not a challenge um (laughs) that is not a challenge don't sue us um we are commenting and reacting um for creative uh purposes uh under i don't even know what the hell the clause is um but we're to to have our own content on it based on stuff that we are hearing i believe we're in our our right but that's legally for for don't fucking sue us um (laughs) (laughs) please um so it's if all the alleged things are true then i'm I'm on michael's side i mean it's you're taking advantage of a child for gain because you regardless how tall and big he is it doesn't matter it's still because, 16 17 that you in essence manipulated him out no of, matter how pure your intentions may have been right out the gate at one point all you saw from this kid was dollar signs yeah. and that's that's where the line is drawn 
Exactly. So that that that's where it gets scummy and gross. Uh, they put him through college. No, his skills put him through college because he got a full yeah. ride to Ole Miss, the the Harvard of the South, <laughs> <laughs> which there's not a Harvard anywhere in Mississippi. And coincidentally, the school that they all went to. Mm-hmm. Weird, right? That's crazy. That's crazy. They're almost, it's almost like they're boosters or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, not nothing ever shady happens in college football with star athletes ever. Never. No. 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 <laughs> We're no. we're a pristine, squeaky clean organization. That's what we're we're elite. We're a nonprofit legally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to take non out of that profit because oh they profit no, legally they are a nonprofit. Yeah, legally. Exactly. No, again, great lawyers. Great lawyers. <laughs> but if you're a lawyer listening to our show, we're not saying lawyers are scummy. We're saying that those particular lawyers are. Um, so, but that's a different argument for a different day. I'm sure there's going to be one day I may need a lawyer. Hopefully not. Um, but <laughs> I, got, I don't need this coming back at me like, sir, on the the Steel and Teal Talk episode nine, did you say? <laughs> I, I don't recall. Yeah, oh, they, they definitely don't want my deposition on. I'll be like, yeah, I said that shit. I own it. I don't I recall. Fucking... I don't recall anything. I don't. I don't, I don't know. You're you're gonna have to. Oh. You know, or I could be like Roger Clemens. Um, yeah, I misremember. I misremember that date. <laughs> I saw. No, I, I don't know. I pleads the fifth. I saw a wild stat that we we have to talk about this. Uh, Nolan Ryan, arguably one of the greatest pitchers to ever play the game. Uh, so there was a wild stat that I saw the other day. And we'll end on this one because we're we're running a little over. Um, said if a pitcher struck out. 250 batters for 22 straight years, Nolan Ryan would still have more strikeouts. He holds 51 total records in baseball, including 5,714 career strikeouts. The next most is Randy Johnson, who he has beat by almost a thousand. Seven career no-hitters, Koufax had four. Lowest career batting average allowed, minimum 1,500 innings pitch, which is .204. Pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. 12 career one hitters tied with Bob Feller, 18 career two hitters, 31 career three hitters, 15 200 strikeout seasons, six 300 strikeout seasons, four career 19 strikeout games, which is ridiculous. Five career 18 strikeout games, eight career 17 strikeout games, 16 career 16 strikeout games. It's gonna be a couple more stats I'm rattling off here. If you don't like it, skip ahead 30 seconds. Um, 26 career 15 strikeout games by a right-handed pitcher, which is now we're getting weird. 36 career four or 36 career 14 strikeout games by a right-handed pitcher. 56 career 13 strikeout games by a right-handed pitcher. 92 or 95 career 12 strikeout games by a right-handed pitcher. 151 career 151 career 11 strikeout games by a right-handed pitcher. 215 215 10 strikeout games, 282 9 strikeout games, 358 8 strikeout games, 447 7 strikeout games, 517 6 strikeout games, 596 5 strikeout games, 654 4 strikeout games, 710 3 strikeout games, 752 2 strikeout games, 3 19 strikeout games in a single season, 3 18 strikeout games in a single season, 3 17 strikeout games in a single season. 16 strikeout games are a right-handed pitcher in a single season at 72 and 74. Six 15 strikeout games in a single season uh, tied with Paige. Six 15 strikeout games in a single season tied with Pedro Martinez. 
Um, shout out Pedro Martinez. 15, 12 strikeout games in a single season. 18, 11 strikeout games by a right-handed pitcher in a single season. 23, 10 strikeout games in a single season. He's tied with Randy Johnson on that one. Uh, 26, 9 strikeout games in a single season. 29, 8 strikeout games by a right-handed pitcher in a single season. 32, 7 strikeout games by a right-handed pitcher in a single season. If you can feel your brain losing out of years, we're almost done. Uh, 36, 6 strikeout games uh, in a single season. Uh, tied with Sandy Koufax. And then 6.55 hits per nine innings pitched over a career, minimum 1,000 innings. The next few is a Sandy Koufax at 6.79. Um, this is the only Astros player I'll ever praise, by the way. Uh, 5.26 single season hits per nine innings. And then 26 seasons with at least one win. Imagine if the Mets kept them. Yeah, well, the Mets should be doing <laughs> a lot of different things. Um <laughs> We're going to rebuild. Like, yeah, you need to. <laughs> it's about time. We're not going to be competitive in 2024. We'll let you know now. We're going to suck. So don't come competitive in 2023. So. <laughs> and you weren't competitive in the last part of the 2024 season, which is just mwah. <laughs> to, to watch the Braves sweep the Mets to win the NL East was just, just chef's kiss. That was just amazing. Especially... Sal Licata, um, enjoy it. Please talk as much smack about how great the Mets are forever and always because it always makes me happy because you're incorrect. He's actually on a blocking spree right now. Oh, boy. He, I guess it's maybe because they know their midday show sucks. So their midday show is mid? <laughs> it's a mid-midday show. So he decides... Well, you know, I guess our ratings are going in the shitter, you know, like every other show on WFAN. So let's let's drum up some drama. And he's pretty much saying that Pete Alonzo is the core of the toxicity in the locker room. And that Pete Alonzo needs to go. Are you fucking kidding? Listen, I'm not a Met fan. Pete Alonzo is one of your biggest offensive production players. That's a guy you don't let walk away. And the toxicity level of it doesn't just include him if he's even part of it. Mm-hmm. It's Buck. It's the rest of the team. Like, sure, he's yeah. cocky, but he's also one of the best hitters in baseball. Yeah. I'd be cocky, too. I mean, I could do without him dry humping the fucking guardrail on a dugout. That, that's a, I mean, he's a caveman. Yeah. There, I mean, he's got a flat boy mentality, but when he's at the plate, <laughs> the guy does what he's supposed to do. I'm gonna send. Over. I'm gonna send you a video. Uh, you know who Jim Brewer, the comedian, is, right? Yeah. Have you seen his ten minute, like, just off the top comment on the Mets? No. He he was in he because he he's a huge Mets fan. He's a season ticket holder, or whatever. He had like a Mets. I'll send it to you. But he had like a Mets bar stool on stage, and he like holds it up, and somebody in the crowd boos. He goes, "Why would you boo the Mets?" It's like, "What are you Yankees fan?" They go, "Yeah." It's like, "Yeah, you guys just until recently." Because this was years ago when it happened. He's like, you guys just, you know, you can go on vacation for the whole season and come back in like September, go, who who do we have next month? Who are we playing? Who we got in the playoffs? <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like, meanwhile, the Mets Not could... so much anymore. Oh, I know, but I'll send you the video. It's hilarious. But you know, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you got anything else you want to get into before we close out? <laughs> Uh, I think we went off the rails quite enough on this one. For sure. I do have one thing I <laughs> we'll want to have say. To save it, I do have one more thing I want to say. If you are curious on what a catch is, because I should have referenced this earlier, um, for those who know, you know, uh, 
if only there was a guy who took the time to do a multi-part series on what a catch is, uh, shout out Chisel Adonis on YouTube. He actually did a, he did a multi-part series explaining what a catch is. Check it out. I might tag him in the post. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I love it. I think it's hilarious. Because um, it the refs need to watch it. The refs don't know what a catch is, clearly. So if only there was a guy <laughs> who took the time <laughs> to do a multi-part series on what a catch is. <laughs> like it's it's great. And, and you know Chris Collinsworth. Now here's a guy who took the time to to tell us what a catch is. It, it, Mike, it's an absolutely tremendous mini series of how to catch a football and what a catch is. And oh, but, oh, oh, God, Mahomes with another touchdown. Oh. He worked for the Orioles and he said anything bad about the rest. He might get fired. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and on that note, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> we got to end with it. We got to end with the, just a stray. So thank yep. you guys for listening. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Sorry for the little inconsistency. I was out of town over the weekend, so we didn't have our episode come out Monday like it normally does. I'll try to have it out by Wednesday. Um, we'll see. It'll be out at some point this week as of recording it. You'll you'll know. And if you want to know, or if you want to know when we post, you should follow us on Twitter. Uh, go check out ITA Bad Take Pod on Twitter or at TDS and Pod on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck the app is called now. Um, Jim, where can the people find you? Same place, X, Twitter, whatever the dumpster fire is called this week or this second, this minute, fan and van. You find me there. That's pretty much the only place I really post anything now. You should have changed the name to Cesspool and just had it be like just this giant cartoon image of a cesspool on the app. I'm like, that'd be great because we all know what it is. But you can find (laughs) us there. Um, My other show, Two Dudes of Sports News, is on Facebook, too. We don't really use it. We just kind of have it. Um, I do want to say shout out to my buddy Alex for setting it up, but we we just kind of have it. Um, we post on there whenever we do an episode on that one. But go check out Two Sports News if you haven't checked it out yet. It's me and Jalen. It's a clean version of the show. If you don't like my cussing, um, <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. But you know, go check that one out. Um, if you're looking for other great shows to check out, um, we're really going to be shout outs in a couple of minutes. Best way to shout out or get a shout out on the show be one of the shows we listen to. Um, or give us a which if you have another sports podcast you want us to listen to it let us know reach or reach out to us you know hit us up um also leave any sort of five-star review on whatever platform you listen to that's the best way to get the, or retweet the show that's the best way to get a shout out um oh my god i've been drawing a blank on one of our guys <laughs> i'll find him in a minute um so I apologize and he talked about coming on the show at some point so we might do that in october for some baseball stuff but um anyways if you like the show be a friend, tell all your friends, tell your family, tell everyone, you know, if you didn't like the show, um, this never happened. Uh, you go your way. We'll go ours. Um, it was the newlywed game for, you know, what's your favorite sports podcast? And we said steel and teal. And you said, uh, no. <laughs> so, all right, we got it wrong. Let's move on to the next one. We appreciate your time, but no reason to, you know, leave a negative review. It's time out of your day that you don't need to spend. Um, and it's pointless and petty. And while I, while I am petty, uh, not that petty, uh, but anyways, shout outs as usual, friends of the show. I got a shout out of the I-95 uh, sports podcast that Aaron's on with. Um, shout him out first because I've got to shout him out the last two episodes and I apologize. Um, I need to update my list. Uh, <laughs> 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 I was going to check out Jim so fan of the van. Go check out 1420 sports podcast with Brent and Dave. Uh, Jim was on an episode recently with Brent doing some Yankees bashing. Go check out the guys with the BS and Sports podcast. Aaron over Bruliana Sports. He's at, he's posting again. It's good to see him back in the game. 
Um, go check out Dave and John on Level the Playing Field, the guys with the We Like Sports podcast, Sports Betting with Jake and Scott. I sound like the Micro Machines guy. um sports or you bet smart if you're looking to you know gamble outside of an nfl facility also check out nate's daily wager um other shows you can check out go check out visit vegas places um go check out average show sports if you're on tiktok and you want to find some sports takes from another jaguars fan like myself go check out darian over at chill takes um if you're in vegas go check out coil show visit vegas places if you're looking to get into a twitter space where you see some stuff go crazy go check out the sports after dark podcast um they do a twitter space that's absolutely fantastic they also do a YouTube channel. Check them out. They're awesome. Um, and then always shout out wrestling shows. As always, uh, you got to go check out John over Wrestling Fan Insight or Austin over the Wrestle World Podcast. I think that's everybody. I well, sports bliss with Rob and Chris. Oh, I think did I? Okay, if I if I did get them and we're doing it twice, uh, sports bliss with Rob and Chris. Um, I thought I got y'all. That it's my brain is fried. Um, it's. <laughs> A hundred and middle finger degrees outside uh, down here in Georgia right now. Um, and my brain is as scrambled as my breakfast. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's hot. Like, oh, yeah. I, oh my God. I, I got a dehydration headache to the point uh, last Thursday where it kept me up all night. And I just stayed up just drinking water and taking ibuprofen until I went away. I'm like, it'll stop eventually. <laughs> it has to stop. Well, cause it, it's, what is it? What's the heat index right now? Uh, that, but that's a, dip. we're not doing this again. We already said about it. We'll talk about it later. Hot as hell. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And as always, we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>